Welcome to Queer Longing, a podcast where we discuss and explore everything that we're longing for and living for in our queer community. I'm Olivia Taylor. And I'm Lucy Sassel. Hey Lucy. Oh hi. Hi. So um, how are things going? How's your week been? Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a mixed bag, I would say. I've uh, been in a bit of a pit of despair for reasons I don't really want to go into on the poddy. Fair but, enough, fair uh, enough. We're still getting to know each other, aren't we? Oh, so. oh really? Yeah, we don't, <laughs> don't know enough about each other. I mean, I just can't go into it right now, but I'll let you know in time. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I've been sort of plodding along, you know, getting back in that, out of that January slump, getting back to work, etc. How was your Christmas? Yeah, really good, really nice. Very, very frantic and very busy. Lots of people around, a new baby, etc. So uh, a lot of like stuff to do constantly and yeah. loads of cooking because I did most, I do like a bunch of the cooking. What, what was your top culinary exploit? exploit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to say I made that sausage and fennel ragu. Oh. which is, as you know, to die for. Yeah, it's so luscious. Yeah, so I made that for 14 people. Okay, that's a lot of sausages. They all loved it, yeah. I think we had like 30 sausages or something. Wow, that's an obscene it's amount of sausages. Stupid amount of sausages, to be fair, but... <laughs> needs one when the sausage is driving yeah so, or something like that yeah uh what about you how's your week been how's yeah. your christmas etc um yeah christmas okay obviously it's my birthday obviously um birthday's on christmas day it was um the last birthday in my 20s oh my word you're right i know you wouldn't know to look at me you would not but i'm staring down the barrel of 30 oh so um yeah but it was it was it was nice and it, it got me kind of feeling a little bit reflective but also a bit excited about what I want to try and achieve this year and yeah. what my um goals are but I decided this year rather than I think I think sometimes with new year's resolutions and things like that I don't want to um fall down the rabbit hole of new year's resolutions no. here but I think that they can be a bit of a tricky subject because oftentimes you know people make them and don't keep them and then if they do keep them then there's pressure on other people that haven't kept theirs and it's right, just a yeah. whole loaded yeah, it's a thing, whole thing. So I decided, well, I might do some, but here's a radical thought. Do ones that I actually like. (laughs) Imagine. I know. (laughs) Ones that I actually like and ones that I actually, uh, you know, want to do and would enjoy. You're never going to do something if you don't truly want to do it. Exactly. Um, So I've made two. Okay. And the two that I've made are read 30 books before Mm. I'm 30. Uh, 30 before 30. Yeah, the hashtag is alive and well in my highlights, Olivia L. Taylor on Instagram. So that's that's what's going on, and I'm four books in already. That's incredibly impressive. Yeah, so done that in just over two weeks, so I'm quite impressed. I know, I know that that will tail off, but I'm riding the gravy train. You have to, you have to. From my experience of trying to get a goal of reading done, you have to really ride the January, January reading blues where you're just reading loads. Yeah, and I have nothing else to do because I have no money and yeah. nothing good is happening and no. it's just dark all no. the time. In the summer you'll be too busy with like a bud in your hand. So. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> um, so that that's the first thing. That I have to say is going really well. Um, we'll see how long that continues for. And the second one that I'm actually really really excited about is go to Greg's more <laughs> an honorable goal <laughs> yeah I think I think it is and with the um new with the advent of the vegan sausage roll there are lots of um, new exciting options to try and I just think it's cheap it's delicious much like me and um you know why wouldn't you want to go and get a pasty for £1.20. That's my dishwasher, so we'll just ignore that if you can So our guest it. for today, the dishwasher. <laughs> yes, 
You made your appearance. Yeah. So now be quiet. We did. We did think of Bosch. We did think <laughs> about um, about starting after, but you know we've all got lives to live and things to do. Well, exactly. So you know, dishwasher or no dishwasher, here we are. Got bedpans to make. Do you want to see to the dishwasher? Is it going to keep beeping? It could. So I'm going to go and open okay, it now. You do. <laughs> Back in a sec. <laughs> Yeah, so there are many years resolutions, feeling really amped up so and how many excited. times have you been to Greg's then? And twice. That's quite a lot for 2019. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I think I've probably been to Greg's twice so well, far. One of one of them was with you. Yes, exactly. Um that's one. And the other one was um on my own. When actually, I, went, I think I've been three times. Yeah, when I went to oh really? I often get a sandwich from Greg's. That doesn't count. Okay, right, yeah. It has to be pastry or yeah, beige, beige snacks right. only in, in 2019. Case, once with you. Okay, fine. great time. Yeah. It was great. And um, yeah, the, the second time I went was when I went to um, Manchester Museum to see the new Martin Parr exhibition. I really want to go see that. Yeah, it was great. And this is another thing which is not so much a New Year's resolution, but something that I've been thinking about more, which is don't wait for someone else to do the things that you enjoy. That is a great... That... That should be, that's your top resolution. Yeah, I think, I think, but you know, that again comes under the, it comes under the banner of reading a lot more books and going to Greg's more because I don't need to wait for anyone to do any of those things. But um, Greg's wakes for no (laughs) It doesn't. So yeah, so the second time I went to Greg's was because I went to the Martin Parr exhibition and it was a quiet weekend. No one was really doing anything. I I hadn't made any plans, partly just because I hadn't had any money since Christmas and I just just wanted to keep it low key and I thought oh well I could go to this exhibition but sometimes when I don't have any plans or anything going on I sort of gravitate more towards just holding up in my flat oh yes and totally not get that yeah, yeah and I could easily just not get dressed not do anything yeah and be like oh well you know I need to I need to tidy up uh something so that's why I can't get dressed because Olivia, I'm, you know I'm feeling very seen <laughs> just so you know Oh, well, I'm glad. Triggered as to literally what my whole weekend was. Okay. <laughs> well, that yeah, that 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 is what I can do, and I think sometimes there is um, time and space to do that, and that's that's fine, and that can be a really good thing to do. But when it stops you from doing things that you actually want to do, yeah. for me, that's when I feel like it can be a bit debilitating. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. And it's one of those things where I knew that really that's what I wanted to do. It was just getting myself out the house. Basically. Oh yeah, same. I, I I very much felt that this Monday. I because I don't work Mondays, but I was like woke up and was like, right, I'm going to like go for a walk today. And I did some research, found somewhere where I was going to go for said walk. Yeah. Um, and then very quickly, like, it was, it was sunny, it was dead nice, and then very quickly it went grey and rained. And I was like, that means obviously I can't go out now. Mm. And I was like, oh, I'll just tidy up the kitchen a tiny bit, and then maybe I'll go for the walk or whatever. Yeah. Three hours later, kitchen spotless, bathroom spotless. Yeah. Rearranged all the books on the bookshelves, <laughs> looks great. And then I was like, oh, 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 I failed to go for the walk. Yeah. Oh, well, another time. When actually really what I wanted to do was go for the walk, but I was scared to go out the house on my own for a walk. Yeah, it's, it's weird because you end up not doing the thing that you want to do more. Yeah. It's the most bizarre thing. It is. So you've got to push through, which you've done yeah and, but I also think try and work out the times when you just need to you know sort your life out mm. and other times when you need to prioritize fun stuff that you actually yeah. want to do but I think yeah for me if it's with a group or with someone else then I'm always going to prioritize that like I'm quite a social hun Definitely. and I find it really easy to do things with the people but I find it quite hard just to go out and do things on my own oh same yeah. and I think it's just this internalized stigma that I have about it um, I don't know like how I'll be perceived no one gives a shit no. about me and you what I'm walking around the gallery no it turns out that a 
lot of people I knew were actually in there, but I didn't see any of them. Um, oh, yeah. Um, wow. There you go. But it was a great exhibition. I would highly recommend going to see yeah. it. It's free, which is perfect for January. Always good. I plan to go um, on one of my lunches because it's literally around the corner from where I work. Yeah. So, but I just haven't had the chance here because I'm getting busy. So. Yeah, they got um, they've got the Martin Parr exhibition um, in there, but they also have a Nordic design mm-hmm. um, exhibition, which is quite interesting. But the Martin Parr one's really good, and he did um, this whole new bit, which is um, all about the Northern Quarter and Media City. Both of those places oh. around Manchester did not exist last no. time he was really here. So, um, and obviously, um, I work at Media City, so it was quite interesting because he was talking about how that was built 10 years ago, and how already it has this very dated look. And I can see just in the way he's photographed it, how cringe it's going to look in a few years I already feel sometimes when I'm at Media City I'm like what is this place yeah it's so bizarre it's such its own world and everything and like I, I get that it has this sort of um like oh what's the word veneer like, yeah veneer like it, it has that and it's very strange it so does and it's so it's a really weird feel it's so particular to it to itself and um I think that that will become quite an interesting m- landmark yeah. um in in time um, so I thought, you know, another 10 years that'll look even funnier um, than, it, than it does now. I already think that people must think that we're ridiculous sitting in some of the, you know, conference zones or whatever. Pods. Yeah, yeah, all those pods and flexible working spaces and things like sure. that that I think 10 years ago were very of the moment and yeah. now sort of seem a little bit, I don't know. Naff. Kind of. Yeah. Um, that being said, yeah. it is a very shiny, fancy place to work, is, yeah. but, um, yeah, it's also quite funny. So, um, yeah, so I did that this week, forced myself out. I wasn't out for ages, just, you know, a couple of hours, had a gorgeous Greg's and, uh, came home. Living your 2019. Living so right. the Vida Loca. <laughs> Four books down, went out on my own, had two Greg's. Very so impressed. I'm absolutely succeeding. So other than consuming Greg's. <laughs> which is a noble thing in and of itself. Um, what have you been? Um, what have you been consuming this week and over Christmas? Have you got any TV recommendations? Any books? What have you been watching? We need to hear all about that. Well, on the subject, like you said about reading, I've only read two this year, but actually, I'm I'm all right with that so far. That's quite good. I'm on, yeah. I'm on my path. My aim is forty this year because whoa, yeah. Well, so two thousand. Let's go back just to, for some context. Two thousand seventeen. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 I keep forgetting two thousand eighteen happened. Like I keep thinking. It's I think I would rather forget that it. Happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't we all? Right. So two thousand seventeen. Um, I set myself like a challenge to read more books than I had read for a while because I felt like I'd really gotten out of reading. Yes. So um, in our my like flat, we did like a tally of like who was reading what and it got a bit competitive which sort of helps I think always to spur you on and um I ended up and whoever won reading the most books got a new backpack and I ended up reading the most 35 books whoa yeah um and I got the backpack and I was Rory Gilmore of the year which is what we call him okay so then last year we did Rory Gilmore of the year again um but we all sort of I was going really well, like saying, like that January peak. I, I'd already read like six, seven books, and I was like, yes, oh my gosh, I'm totally gonna smash it. I'm gonna read because my aim was to read more than 35, more than the year before. Um, and it got to summer, and it got to like be too hot to hold anything. Yeah. So I just spent the whole time lying vertically or standing up watching football. So just got really into the World Cup instead of like reading or doing anything. Yeah. That I meant to do about reading. Yeah. And also, I read a really shit book, which took me out of it, you know, and then it's really hard to get back in. 
Yeah, you feel kind of like spurned yeah. by a shit book, don't you? I was so you? annoyed. I was so annoyed. Do not read it. Okay, what is it? Fates and Furies. It's probably on your list. It is on my list. Yeah, I know it is. Don't read it. Have you been looking at my Goodreads? <laughs> no, I just know it is because I remember from last year when we talked. When... Is it Lauren Groff? Yeah. 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 And it like promises a lot and delivers nothing. Oh. Well, no, it probably delivers for some people. I just really hated it. Okay. But, also, but do you think it's a different strokes for different folks thing, or do you just think that fundamentally it's not a very good book? Mm, I think it's a bit of both. I think that there is some merit in it, but I think it tries too hard, which is my least favorite thing for any book to do. Okay. Just try too hard. Yeah. So, the end. My book review. Um, anyway, so I ended up only reading last year 17 books, which is like half of what I've read the year yeah. before, and I was very upset. Um, no, 19. What am I talking about? 19. But still, not, not enough. So this year, I'm like, yeah, back on it. Need to get reading. So I've read two already. I'm on the third. Well, I've got two that I'm nearly finished. So that'll be four. Because I'm reading like an essay, a book of essays and like a novel at the moment. But okay. um, what I have read already was um, uh, this book uh, called Eileen by Otessa Mosh... Mosh... Mosh Vague. I can never, I'm not entirely sure how you say her last name, but it's something like that. And uh, it's about like a woman who works in a correctional centre of like young boys. And she is this, such a dark character written in such, like such a way that is um, so different from I feel like anything I've read before where you kind of detest her because she's disgusting in a lot of ways but you're also rooting for her to become better. And she's like talking about her past life in, in the correctional facility with this from like her future so you know that she is a different person or changes the way she is but as you're reading it you're kind of like half rooting for her half hate her um but then she becomes obsessed with this woman and this this sort of like (laughs) woman on woman like obsession between these these two which is not like unfortunately doesn't go so far as an actual lesbian love story Mm. which is upsetting and there's there's literally like a sentence in it you think it's like getting there you're like yes and then um it literally goes like I was not a lesbian. Oh, <laughs> to, to be completely sake. frank, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but here I was obsessed with Rebecca. So, um, and it sort of all comes to this climax, and it's very, it's very good. I really enjoyed it. And it was very... not the climax that you wanted, but climax <laughs> nonetheless. Exactly. Right. <laughs> but it was very good, and and very different to anything I'd read before. It was written in such a like um, affected way as like the character really came through in the writing in itself as well. So. It felt very like tangible, like you could really see and feel that character, which I which I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um. So I'd recommend it. So I read that, and then now I'm reading. <laughs> it's honestly actually trash, but is it like? Oh wait, is it like one of those ones that your mum reads when you go on holiday, and it's like what Mae got... Vinci? Yeah. Or it's like um, I don't know. He did it, or did he? And then it's like just some high heels and a cigarette on the front cover. <laughs> no, it's not that kind of trash. It's it's right. Basically, uh, a good friend of ours gave it to me, um, and was and she when she gave it to me, she was like, "Yeah, I know that looks like crap, but it's supposed to be really good." And I was like, "Okay." And Who it gave it to you? Sophie Simmons. Oh right, okay, yeah. <laughs> and she has a, a penchant for a certain kind of book, I would say. And um, in the past, I've read a lot of her recommendations. Some amazing. Some I've like thrown at her when afterwards so <laughs> which she knows the forever war but uh <laughs> it's called silver moon and it's literally purple with like a werewolf on it oh, right God. and um, okay. and i was like okay i'll give it a go right yeah but the blurb sounds good um and it uh, essentially is about like a um woman in her 50s i think who's going through the menopause i think she's approaching the menopause and <laughs> But in this like small town where she lives, women who approach the menopause, start the menopause, 
actually become werewolves. <laughs> A fine and, premise. <laughs> and in, in, clo- in closing all that is also the fact that she's like become obsessed with her n- neighbour across the street who's also like a sexy silver-haired woman, also turns out to be a werewolf. Mm. Um, and she's like, oh no, am I a lesbian? Oh no, what's going on? But also I'm a werewolf and I'm starting to like kill people. What do I do about it? Yeah. But, right, premise, quite interesting. And I, at the beginning, was like, okay, I'm kind of into it. I want to like sort of know what, what what's going to happen. But it, it, is, it is written, like, it, honestly, so badly <laughs> that I, I cannot, like, I, oh, I do have it. I was going to read, I should, I should have, like, read, I should read you some bits. Honestly, it is terrible. It's all told in, like, weird conjecture, loads of questions, like, why do I feel like this? What was happening now? Do I really, am I really a werewolf? Am I really killing people? Loads of italics and question marks. It reminds me of, like, what you would read on, you know, like, Wattpad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It it's reminds very me that. It reminds it's, me of that. It's, 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 it's compelling enough that I still am reading it but I also hate it and like and I think also it's a test actually to the fact that I haven't read anything that trashy in so long it it feels like YA so it feels okay super also I think I think there's like something so compelling about hate consuming things oh absolutely Um, my favorite things oh yeah and shouting at things I can hate consume a podcast tv program a book a a book's harder because you really have to sort of give it your everything but um speaking of hate consumption Mm -hmm. I've finished watching you on Netflix oh have you heard about it I have not I've heard about it Okay. Um, and I know the girls in my office are what, have watched it or are yeah. watching it but I've not at all touched it I just don't it's think it's just, something I no. want to know about it, it was out of desperation really and also what's it, the loose premise tell me because I don't even know okay so right from some memes I've seen so it's about like some guy who used to be in Gossip Girl and it's not that different to Gossip Girl right. and it's some guy who works in a bookshop in New York but he manages to have quite a big apartment on his own they always do they always do like you know it's a bit rough around the edges but it would it's definitely Totally cost everyone. him like six billion dollars yeah. a month to live there. Um, so anyway, he manages this bookshop, and then um, you sort of he's but he, he's quite conventionally attractive, but you know that there's something simmering below the surface. Okay. So he starts this relationship with this girl that he sees, and he begins to stalk, and he basically navigates. He's he's always kind of like five steps ahead. So he he basically circumnavigates this whole relationship into into fruition and so he is just kind of like the the puppeteer of this whole scenario and he ends up in this relationship and he ends up controlling all these different aspects of like her life and their life and all these other things go down and he does some pretty horrendous things but the way that they have written it is that you're meant to feel sympathy and love for that character who is really quite an abhorrent character right but I think the idea that you know he had a troubled childhood sometimes he can be quite charming and funny and he's also conventionally attractive mm. are all of these devices that I feel have been used to confuse people who are watching it right. and I just think what's the merit in that what's it trying to tell you yeah what's yeah. what's what's the message what's the point yeah. because all I kind of got from it was like, okay, you're trying to make me have all of these different feelings for a guy who's just like a murderous creep, basically, that maybe other people watching it wouldn't have if he A, wasn't like a bit charming, B, didn't have his own free giant loft hotel in New York, and C, wasn't this like conventionally attractive ex 
gossip girl actor yeah and i don't know it just i didn't i didn't hate it but it just sat with me in all of the wrong ways but it was compelling enough to keep watching it because right. it was kind of yeah. it was kind of baseline interesting you want but, to know what happens yeah but then when 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 i kind of thought about what i actually thought about it at the end i was just like this is a bit gross actually yeah so i didn't love that but in terms of books though i have read a lesbian book <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, so thank God. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do, I'm doing God's work because you did not deliver on the lesbian book front. So my I recommendation. Les- that Silver Moon is a lesbian book. I hope. Yeah, you hope. <laughs> to be fair, I hoped it with Eileen, and it was not. So yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah, well, Silver I- Moon pans out if I can get. <laughs> through it jesus christ i'm i'm reading it reminds me of sailor moon you know that, that <laughs> i love anime. sailor moon when i was a kid <laughs> nothing to do with sailor moon not yet okay could i mean be. it could go that way you never know hopefully i love when a book takes a turn that you weren't expecting <laughs> but um i'm reading white house well i've read white houses by amy bloom right yeah which is about you know like i well i knew just very surface level that Eleanor Roosevelt was considered to have been a lesbian or bi certainly um most historians seem to think that she was lesbian and she had a long-standing relationship with um a female journalist who ended up living with them in the White House right and so this book is about Eleanor Roosevelt and Lorena Hick's relationship written from the perspective of Hick. Right. And yeah, it's just, it's really interesting and it's, you know, all about their relationship during that time, but also about life for any sort of queer, gay person at that time mm-hmm. and the sacrifices that they had to make, not just because of that, but because obviously of who Eleanor Roosevelt's husband was yeah. and the situation that they were in. And obviously a lot of those things for a lot of people still stand true today and but obviously a a lot has changed as well so it was just quite interesting to put myself into that um into that world and I would definitely recommend it you'll have to borrow it yeah I'll borrow it yeah Yeah. it was good yeah yeah I did I did think it was good like I'm trying to obviously make sure that you know 29 of my 30 books are queer books for the year so well I love one to you which is definitely a queer book so oh Ruby Fruit Jungle yeah Yeah, I nearly finished that do you you enjoy it yeah I'm really really enjoying it there's a lot there's a lot of sort of key books in the canon that yeah. I'm yet to read so that's Which definitely why I gave it to you, yeah that's definitely a big priority for me this year to get some of those books um done and dusted but um yeah really really enjoying that Dusting and I, I read, yeah I read somewhere that it was um that it was reminiscent of Huckleberry Finn and I was definitely getting those vibes yes, from that, the that's main what I character got from it when, I, when I read it as well yeah, yeah it feels uh, very um dusty and like like southern southern drawly you know it feels really yeah but also just being a kind of like intrepid explorer in your own life and sort of forging new frontiers for yourself mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the the whole idea of travel and searching sort of physically speaking to the sort of emotional yeah. hashtag journey that yeah. the character's on and stuff and I, I think it's a really good book I'll probably finish it in the next yeah. day or so and then I'll be on number five. Oh my god I'm doing so well no yeah but um speaking of you and speaking of like weird toxic masculinity things yeah meaning the tv show not me yeah 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes. Just to clarify that, have you watched or have you heard about this new Gillette um, advert that has been blowing uh, up this week? Yeah, absolutely blown up. Um, I sort of heard about it first and was like, right, I need to make some put some time in the diary to watch this thing. I need to know what it actually is, rather than just reading around it, which happens quite a lot. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I watched it and I thought, yeah, okay, yeah. That's a nice advert, fine. Yeah. But um, have not delved so much into all the chat around it because I was finding it hard to engage in things this week. So, okay. How, what, what have you, what's your experience of it been? Well, I watched it and I kind of thought that it was fine, but I didn't, I get, I get the sentiment behind it and I think that it's obviously an important one and a noble one, but I didn't think that, that the creative execution was that amazing. No. And it felt a little bit um, inelegantly shoehorned into selling razors. Well, I, well, I, I, I and I, I, my thought was it's only a matter of time before somebody did this, and I bet it was a race to get it done to be the one who did it. Yeah, and therefore slightly inelegant, and and also, yeah, it, it's one of those classic like uh, there are quite a lot of ads like that now where it's like here's a whole storyline, a whole thing that you're like, oh, what's this going to be for? And then it's literally for insurance, and you're like, what the hell? Yeah, and it's or, kind of like something that's completely doesn't quite tie into the message of the advert. It's it's kind of sense. like the commodification of like social movements for for mm. consumerist gain, gain yeah. or capitalist gain. Yeah, and well, the thing is, it there there are good examples and, and bad examples um, of it. I I think, mm. and um, that's kind of what I thought when I first watched it. Obviously, what is more interesting, well, not obviously, but to me, what was more interesting was not that I watched it and thought, eh, you know, I get it, but the execution wasn't that great. Mm -hmm. But separately to that, I thought completely separately to that was just how angry a lot of people were about its existence. Yes. And I thought that's really the more interesting thing here. Oh, definitely. Not that, you know, it's a bit of a not very good advert more you know just how are people reacting to it and why and um you know people getting so angry wanting to boycott Gillette not buying razors anymore um for this reason and I don't think that being served a poorly executed advert for any other reason would elicit such a reaction right so yeah. it just goes to show I think under what sort of intense defensive times we're living in that this advert can be released and it has such a visceral and in some cases, violently um, strong reaction. Yeah. But I do think that there's something to be said about that whole commodifying social movements thing. Definitely. And um, in the New York magazine, um, they said something quite interesting about it, which was they were talking about the difference between Gillette's advert and, you know, the Colin Kaepernick Nike yeah. advert yeah. as sort of two examples of how in the past this kind of thing has been done right and how it's been done wrong. Mm -hmm. So they said, the difference in the reaction to Nike's Colin Kaepernick ad and Gillette's new bullying and hashtag me too ad helps us to see what kinds of social change companies will and won't be successful at pushing, writes Intelligence's Josh Barrow. Gillette's message promoting male decency is correct, but to Barrow, a viewer is likely to ask, who is Gillette to tell me this? I just came here for razors. And razors barely even feature in Gillette's new campaign. While the Nike slash Kaepernick's ad message to customers was uplifting rather than accusatory, Gillette's by comparison isn't. I thought that that was quite interesting because it explores, well, it says here, why Nike has shown that companies can be smart to speak out about social change. But conversely, Gillette's has now shown 
why that can be a mistake. Mm. And I don't think it's necessarily a mistake, but I think it's all in the execution and the being really clear on on what the message actually actually is and how that how that links with your brand, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. And like for for example, like Kaepernick is, is a sports person. It it suits Nike. It it makes sense that it's you know, Nike has always been just do it. So it's the fact that he just, you know, did, did it. Um, and, and that works really well. And, and they use that message in, 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 I think, a very effective way. Um, and then, yeah, on the other hand, you have Gillette just being like, oh, everyone's chatting about me too, aren't they? We should probably jump on that. Like having a massive meeting where everyone's like, we need to get me too into it. We need to get me too in. What are we going to do? We're going to create the the advertising like the thing everyone's going to talk about like yeah can you really feel like it's slightly calculated in that sense yeah um with with nike it felt like more of um they couldn't not do that they couldn't not speak out they couldn't not give voice to this issue because it's so aligned with the brand's ethos and how it represents itself publicly and has done for years yeah so it just felt more organically true to Mm -hmm. that to that brand whereas this just feels quite left field. That's to say, I'm not offended by it in, no. in any way. And I applaud, I think, the sentiment behind it, you know, if I'm being generous, if, if they have a, a generous sentiment behind yes. it, that's yeah. not just, you know, yeah. being in the news or yeah. selling just selling razors and that's it. But yeah, I do think that that if you compare it to the Kaepernick ad, it's, it's a flop. Yeah, I did see actually an interesting tweet today about, um, in response to the Gillette adverts, um, uh, I can't remember who tweeted it, I'm sorry, but um, they said, uh, Gillette, if you're like, if you're so bothered about hashtag me too and like equal rights, etc., then maybe you should um, stop calling like all your Venus products things like embrace and passion and really sexualizing <laughs> women's products. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like if that's what you if that's really what you care about and that that's where I think the, my, the slight cynicism comes in of them jumping on the bandwagon of doing the me too yeah um, as opposed to actually with as is with so many big corporations actually dealing with the problem with, with in a way that they can yeah yeah more effectively with I, their own products etc I, I agree and I yeah. think that it, it just feels a lot more of a a natural and um, honest move for Nike to do what they did. And yeah. Obviously, they do, um, as, as you say, their, their slogan is just do it. They have a new plus size um, range coming out there, you know, trying to push those boundaries yeah. open as far as they can to be, you know, an inclusive brand. So it just makes sense. Yes. And this just felt like, eh? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, that's, that's that. Um, on the topic of going from the absolute opposite of Gillette, yeah. Have you seen all these articles, etc., posts? Well, not I haven't seen any posts, but I've seen articles about people's posts. Yeah. About January. Yes. Yeah, which is about women growing out their, their armpit hair in particularly and their pubes. Um, and then like taking pictures of it and being like, uh, look at me, I've grown out my armpit hair and this is why. Yeah, someone was talking to me about that at work, but I think I just walked off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the correct uh, reaction. My 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 main reaction is right. Yeah. Um. So okay, <laughs> I'm probably gonna come across like like I think it's great to for that all these women are now growing out their hair. Great, but people, uh, women and people, have been growing out their hair for years and years and not screaming about it on yeah. their like cis white Instagrams. Yeah. So can we not? <laughs> like, it just feels very. Like, can we not lord it so much? No. It it just feels very tokenistic. Yes. Exactly, um, and they'll do it for January and then go back to 
their norms. Yeah, it just kind of feels a bit like they it's it, it's a call to kind of play at something yes that is deemed to be so um kind of other and uh on the on the fringes of social acceptability exactly. it's like, oh, look at us. so it's kind of like you have been permitted with this jaunty hashtag to <laughs> um you know dance along the fringes of um society for 30 <laughs> days the only. fringes of your hair yeah the fringes <laughs> of your own cubes for for a month but you know after that you must um return to polite society venus embrace in hand yeah exactly um make sure the passion stays alive yeah <laughs> so it, it it kind of feels um if it kind of feels a little bit well very contrived yes that being said you know if it's something that you've been thinking about for ages but you've been nervous and you know hashtag crushed by the patriarchy for a long time about this kind of thing and this you you know gives you a bit of an in into trying something new um with your body and the way that you express yourself outwardly then you know go for it I'm not mad at that yeah no yeah I'm not mad at it in that sense and I think yeah there's there's I just wonder it's fine but but it's who is it's, who is controlling this from the top? Exactly. The, what is behind this? Or yeah. What, yeah. That that's just what. Yeah. Doesn't the sit ugly well with face me. of January. <laughs> I think. But you know, do what you want. Have pubes. Don't have pubes. But that's that's the bottom line, isn't it? Really, do what you want and do, do what you want with your body, which oh brings yeah us on to something brings us on to something else. <sighs> so R Kelly. <sighs> Um, huge one over the past couple of weeks. But the thing is, yes, it has um, been all over the news for the past week, but why is it something that only now people are caring about? Yeah, well, like I said to you when, when, when I don't know, week two ago, when it sort of really came into the, the public forefront, I said, I said, I swear, I'm like, R. Kelly, the R. Kelly thing has been a thing for years, but it's just been sat in the background and not been talked about in the way that it should have been like and how it is now finally yeah hopefully. and yeah what why is that what what is it about the situation um that has not meant that the the right conversations have been being had about it it's really really strange because on the bbc we've had a couple of documentaries but one especially that has been on iplayer for maybe four months, right. if not longer, yeah. all about this horrendous R. Kelly scandal. And then, you know, we've been we've been promoting it and it's been existing in, in that space for a long time. And I've been reading about it for a while, but I don't get why people are just only now caring about it. But I read a very good article about this in Bust. Yeah, I read that as well. Yeah, and um, it's about um, white feminism and... R. Kelly, and it's by um, Dr. Sammy Schultz. She's the Assistant Professor of Gender and Women's Studies at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and she has this to say about it, which I thought was really interesting. I also want to respond to the multiple folks who have mentioned to me that their fear of speaking against a black man as a white person and their fears of being racist. Is your fear of being called racist stronger than your desire to fight for black women and girls? Is your allyship about not appearing racist or is it about fighting injustice? Many who have expressed this anxiety are folks I respect and consider on my side in the grand scheme of making this world better. But I think it's worth exploring how liberal white guilt can impede action. Many of the folks with this concern are people I've seen to be vocal about sexual violence by white men. So choosing to not be vocal about sexual violence by black men, leaving that to black women only, 
even as we speak out against sexually violent white men too, is concerning. I think there's a lot to be said for that sort of. So I think there's a lot to be said for like the um, the, the sort of two issues at play here of just talking about the abuse that um, the alleged abuse that R. Kelly has perpetrated against these girls and women, um, and then also the racial issues around it. And like I'm, like I said from like this, this quote from this. Uh, article i i do think there is a lot of of the 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 white guilt of not wanting to say something against um like r kelly because he's a black man because then you think oh you're just being racist but it, the, the the issue is, is those are separate issues and the actual problem is the fact that he has allegedly abused all these people yeah. and that has nothing to do with his race and in fact by trying to not to be seen as pointing the finger at black men for sexual violence yeah. you're actually as um dr shulk says putting that emotional labor onto black women yeah wholly onto black women and the victims and to, the victims to, to well it, and, and especially in this case the victims who are all black yeah. women and you know they've they've all said themselves that they believe that the reason that this hasn't come to the fore for so long is because they are the most beaten down in society and the least listened to yeah. so actually in a lot of white people's desire to want to not point the finger at black perpetrators of sexual violence, all they're doing is piling on more work for people who are already being perpetrated against and who are already being persecuted. So I thought it was a really interesting article and it just goes to show that people can have very misguided reasons for behaving in the way that they do. Yeah, absolutely. Because what can be said to be the excuse or reason behind why it hasn't come to the forefront yet? When people knew about it, like I, I I've known about R. Kelly being a bit like dodgy, dodgy. for yeah. like years. In a sense, it's always been there, yeah. and yet it's not been actually talked about. And why is that? Apart from the fact that it's about black women and girls. Yeah. That's prop that it's the people who have the smallest voice in society, unfortunately. And it hasn't been in, you know, a lot of people's interest in inverted commas to follow that up because like with I suppose Harvey Weinstein or um I su- yeah, I suppose the the really the real horrifying thing of this whole thing is that people haven't gone out of their way to see the truth because it's just been so inconvenient in, yes. in adverted, inverted commas as with Harvey Weinstein as with R. Kelly as with Woody Allen these beloved cultural icons and characters who have shaped so much of our culture as it is now um, the films that we consume the music that you know shaped our um, teenage lives and people don't want that to be tainted tainted yeah and so they would rather they would rather preserve this they would rather preserve these memories and keep all of these lies than face the truth and just have their memories squashed yeah and isn't that horrifying that yeah. that's that's been really the reason that have kept all of these abusers out there yeah it's self it's like self protection of your of like things that you think are part of your identity that you couldn't possibly like have um, that association yeah. yeah you're like i could not possibly like uh, you know bump and grind um and also then find out these things um because i'm 
I'm a good person, I only like good things, and therefore, like, like an element, an element of that. But um, and also, like we said before, it's 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 the the inability of people to make the effort to change their um, view of something and yeah. to actually put in the effort to say, right, that's I don't agree with that, and therefore that means I have to change my views about these things, or I have to not listen to this anymore. And like, it's the difference between the people who will make the effort to do that and stop consuming the things because they don't agree with the, per- the person's actions or and not and ignoring it willfully ignoring it and going like forward and, and or even like not listening and trying to not defend but defend through silence and I think a lot of the time people just think well it doesn't affect me so yes. it's, it's really easy to keep my head down on this yeah but they actually don't realize just how insidious insidious it is and just how affected we all are mm. like you know we we may not have been you know one of the vi- one of our kelly's victims mm. necessarily but the more we maintain a silence the more you know society at, at large that sends a message and yeah. we're all every day and the more we in all... our silence we're complicit we're all sending yeah. those messages to each other and it's kind of like little microaggressions yeah. to each other all of the time yeah. which then builds and builds and creates this you know insidiously messed up society and I think you know that's why obviously things have come to a head in the recent past with Me Too and Time's Up and stuff but um I suppose R. Kelly's victims unfortunately are kind of the last to be considered in all of that and Mm. there's a reason why and um yeah so hopefully now that it's finally come to the forefront that will be the mark of things to come and that issues like this will be taken more seriously as time as time goes on and hopefully in doing so those issues will will decrease but um yeah and And that can only happen if um we all think about the things and talk about the things and aren't silent yeah and 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 get behind it and also you know people with platforms and also media gets behind it in Mm -hmm. in a real way i mean um rolling stone that was the first that was the first thing i saw more recently about it they made a film with with a lot of the victims and um that you know sends a message that we're we are valuing your voices yeah and i think that that's you know the most important thing that we can we can be doing after all of those years of of ignored abuse i think it's just the very least yeah. obviously that we can do you know talking of um society um and being one big happy family that's supporting each other hopefully um i came across um an article today on facebook from a i think it's a charity called on the mend right and um they're doing an event on sunday which is called the Ministry of Loneliness at the Tate Exchange. And it's about loneliness, um, especially in young people. So apparently a third of older people experience loneliness, but the second largest group likely to feel lonely are 21 to 35-year-olds. So basically they are doing a sort of pop-up event and inviting people to go down and um, write letters to help connect with people, younger people who are currently in long-term health care. Um, so, well, they're, they're focusing on those in elderly homes as well, or young adults with cystic fibrosis, okay. who might be isolated from others with the same condition. So it's just about um, reaching out to certain groups within our wider community and 
yeah, helping to try and stop loneliness where we can. So I thought that was... Yeah, that sounds great. That was a cool thing. I think um, loneliness is one of the uh, biggest uh, issues of our, like, modern times. Like, with the advent of social media, etc., there's, you know, people feel lonely because they don't feel like they are having the life that everyone else is having. And therefore, I think that loneliness as an issue is definitely more of a problem than it would have been previously. Um, I think we could do a whole episode just on loneliness. It's such, um, it's, it has such a grip on, um, especially our younger communities now that I've definitely noticed. And you're right. It's with, with social media as well. What makes your world bigger also makes you feel a lot more isolated. And they say like comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. And I think (laughs) that that's, definitely true especially if you don't have any plans on a Saturday and you see that everyone else is doing loads of really fun things and you're just in your pajamas and you haven't you know done anything useful yet um it can make you feel really bad but then also it can be a really great way to connect with people so it's you know a a double-edged sword isn't it I think that's a great um exercise that they're doing there at the Ministry of Loneliness, like especially talking to specific groups of people which I assume they'll probably go on to doing other groups of people and stuff but particularly vulnerable people and speaking to them um, and sending letters or whatever it is that they're, they're going to send. I think that's a really, really nice way to reach out to people. Yeah. And um, so on to the last couple of things that we wanted to talk about for this week. Um, we were talking earlier, obviously, about um, women, hair, annuary or jam hairy or whatever it's called. <laughs> oh, Hairy, um, Mary. What, what, what is it called again? It's called Hairy Mary. Right fine whatever it's called but um now on to some people that are actually getting it right iceland ah, not the supermarket not the, the country for everyone <laughs> <laughs> a prawn ring in the post yeah kerry katona will be delivering each and every one of you a prawn ring for january um no iceland the country um has now made it illegal to pay men more than women and they want to eradicate the gender pay gap by 2022 i just and i know that this is like old hat, but I'm just stunned that this is the case actually, and that it takes making a law, or even that that law did not exist anyway in other in various countries, especially like even somewhere like Iceland, which is very progressive anyway. So for them to do it now, how bloody long is it going to take for yeah. everyone else? To how far up? behind are we? Yeah, well, incredibly, but I don't want to talk about our country's political situation because we don't want to make everyone do that yeah <laughs> turn off so um but yeah no great good good on you Iceland yeah do it and they've been ranked the best in the world for gender equality by the World Economic Forum for nine years in a row so obviously you know they aren't struggling for competition well I was gonna say catch up yeah like they, sh- they need to be more battles at the top of the gender equality forum whatever it is well apparently we came in 15th in 2017 Mm -hmm. um because we have well we had a 16.9 percent pay gap between men and women which is so huge that is enormous yeah it's 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 um shocking but you know, hopefully that's sending a positive message, and yeah, we'll we'll see what happens next. All about time. that. We're all, all moving. That. To, we're all moving to Iceland, so well done them. <laughs> it um, worked. <laughs> we're off. <laughs> Get me in that blue lagoon. Lagoon. Yeah. Lagoon. <laughs> um, 
Also this week, probably the most pressing of all of the um, pop culture news Can't stories. We talked about it yet, Olivia. The Instagram egg. <laughs> so for those of you who are living under a rock, this week, just a stock image, like a stock photo image of an egg has reached over 25 million likes. It's now the most popular Instagram post of all time, beating um, the reigning champion, which was Kylie Jenner's hand holding her new baby's hand or something Something like that, um, to be the most popular um, Instagram photo of all time. So, Lucy, over to you with your thoughts and feelings. Right. My, My main thought and feeling is, how did this egg get around, right? Have... Have you seen this egg? Yeah. I have not seen the egg apart from in... <laughs> this is ridiculous. I have not seen the egg apart from in articles, right? So okay. Where, in, was it, is it sponsored post? Was it... How did you see the egg? I don't... You, Instagram isn't a thing where you can just see things unless you follow the thing. How did you see the egg? No, you, you can. You can because... Sponsored. Spawn. Hashtag spawn. It, it was posted by World Egg Record... Of course. And then their caption was, let's set a world record together and get the most liked post on Instagram. Yeah, but but did the, sh- did the sharing happen outside of Instagram? Or did, were people reposting and then people going on to the original post and posting and liking the egg? Do you see what I'm saying? Because Inst- Instagram is a scroll feed of things that you subscribed to. Apart yeah, it from is. Apart things. No, it is. So how would you see the egg? Because, because some someone sees it normally and then they like it and then their friends go on the explore page and then they've got friends who've liked it and then they look on the explore page right. and you then you have you've very you've answered my question because and this is something i don't do with instagram and you I, don't go on the explore i don't page. go on the explore and i always forget about the explore the sorry the oh. explore and now i understand <laughs> right. why i have not seen the egg well because you're right it would be all over the explore you you're you're missing out because I go to the explore page for a lot of RuPaul's drag race memes, a lot of like of your egg content. How to make really disgustingly delicious burgers. Oh, I, things like, like that. Like those those gross food things that they yeah. do. I hate them yeah. so much. Izzy and Adam my sorry, my sister and her boyfriend, they watch them for fun. Like oh. and it's like it's like their night in. They just like watch them and go, ah! <laughs> like all the fucking like molten cheese yeah they're they like what is it what even is it what even is it all the time 20, 28 28 beef patties yeah. yeah well that that's essentially what the instagram explore page is yeah okay yeah so, no I, I have been on it obviously in my time but yeah. i always find like it's not particularly appealing um but uh i mean then i would have seen the egg now I, was, I feel like I'm not part of the egg action. I was, Did you like the egg? I was, you liked the egg? I was, I was really, really trying to come up with a pun on appealing, but um, <laughs> I couldn't get there fast enough. Um, I haven't liked the egg, no. Okay. Um, we can still be friends. Yeah. So that that is the egg. Although I'm just looking at it now. I'm just wondering whether it'll tell me. Oh, I'm not logged in, so I can't see, see if any of my any friends of have liked it. Um, oh. Oh, no. Well, we'll we'll, we'll look after. We'll yeah. dish the dirt next yeah. week. Um, <laughs> we'll crack the egg and fry it. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing we went to see the favorite, didn't we? Last no, week, didn't we? Yeah. Actually, exactly this time last week. Um, we were mid favorite. Did you before you went? Mm. Did you did you have a proper idea of like 
what the vibe would would be and i i, I mean kind of did you realize that it was going to be basically a farce right so no so i had seen uh, like a teaser trailer um and not really read much about it but just sort of knew that it was supposed to be like this good thing that i wanted to go see and had some lesbian action in it so obviously it was signed up right away um but uh i did not realize just how silly it was going to be and like you say a farce and i remember as we started to watch it i was sort of like uh, okay i found it really shocking to be thrown into it in that angle and was like oh was i well, I supposed to know this but i like to go in blind with things like that anyway and only did i realize just how far into the farce we were when the amazing dance scene occurred um and i was just my like my god wow <laughs> this is gone beyond and i found myself for the first time in a very long time at like the cinema like properly laughing out loud yeah like which you i, I mean I, I guess i probably don't go to see that many things that are that funny funny yeah but um things that you you know you just have a bit of humor in but not loads like and it really made me laugh in a way that a, a film hasn't for ages which i really enjoyed um and yeah no i mean i i loved it what about you did you no, it's going to be a farce. You just, I mean, from the way that you were looking at me through it, I, I believe you did not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, I didn't quite know that it would be like that. Yeah. I just went because someone said that it was like for lesbians. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I thought it was absolutely amazing and just so so refreshing to yes. to watch something that's kind of you know a period drama I suppose or a period film but that just isn't taking itself so bloody seriously yes yeah. it's so refreshing because you sort of I, I think I felt so um you know in the in the doldrums of worthiness mm. sometimes mm. that I think that we kind of forget how to have fun a little bit with with popular culture and with film and things like that because you know everyone's after the academy award or the oscar so i think there's this it misplaced must, idea that it must be so edgy or it must be so it must really speak to something yeah it yeah. must be so heart-wrenching and you know i think that there is obviously such a place for films like that so important um to have films like that but equally so important just to have things for the fun of having something fun absolutely yeah no I, I found it like you said incredibly refreshing and I, I can't stop thinking about it I really want to see it again I would like to see it again so enjoyable and I feel like now because I can sort of anticipate the vibe I will kind of enjoy it more yeah and, and, and yeah not as I said like at the beginning I was so sort of thrown by it I was sort of like oh, oh god okay and then I just get on board with it and now yeah if you saw it a second time it would be I know what this is about I'm gonna see it I'm, I'm not gonna lie this weekend when I was not doing very much I had a look to see if I could find a cheeky stream of it. <laughs> and I found one, but it wasn't particularly good. But actually quite good for how long the film's been out, which means there should be a good one soon. Okay, <laughs> nice. how streams go. Nice. But also buy films, kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I spent quite a lot of my spare time this weekend um, looking at various articles about how accurate the film depicted Queen Anne's lesbianism. Ah, yes. Um, so I saw, I mean, I won't go into it now, but um, there's a good one on the New Statesman called Is the Favourite Historically Accurate in its Depiction of Queen Anne's Lesbianism? <laughs> and um, a couple of others, but um, the that was... The general consensus is, though, that there was this intense friendship, um, well, intense uh, triangle. Yeah. Um, 
but like with um with a lot of lesbian relationships in history much like the relationship between Eleanor Roosevelt and Lorena Hick that we were speaking about earlier a lot of these letters especially the more explicit ones were destroyed yeah usually by members of the family or or by them them themselves yeah by them themselves politicians and people with vested interest in gotta keep it hidden yeah in these things in these things not um coming out so but um apparently a lot of um the letters that Queen Anne inverted commas wrote were written by Sarah you know trying to do naughty tricks um but anyway um you can so tricksy yeah you can read up on that yourself and go see if you haven't seen it it is um yeah absolutely we still need to see mary queen of scots we do i want to see that that i feel will be more of a um trying to be historically accurate piece yeah but apparently there were a lot of denim yeah i was was reading an article in emerald street about that and i did pick up on as i think you're gonna say the fact the fact that they were wearing denim in the favorite you turned when you went yeah and i was like well denim is just cotton so yeah yeah well, they're about that double denim. They were apparently denim wasn't a thing then, but there were other sort of similar hardy fabrics. Yeah, so I think okay. that's kind of the most like it. So one of the costume, well, the costume designer for um, Mary Queen of Scots decided to dress them all in denim. Love it. So you'll see a lot of denim if you go and if you go and yeah. see that. But um, I think that that's probably us for the week. The last couple of things, um, Celine Dion, how's she doing? Shit, right, yeah, Celine. What's she up to? I mean... It's been a while, and I actually, I do think that we have missed some key Celine content. Yeah, she um, released the gender-neutral baby clothing line. Yes. Um, very cool. I don't know. But she released it. And um, she was also out watching Lady Gaga's new Vegas show. And there's a really great video of her absolutely dancing her head off. So Celine Dion's clothing line is actually called Celine Nunu. Celine Nunu. I, I feel I think it was one one too many news there, Celine. Yeah, Celine Nunu. Celine Nunu. Well, I guess she can't call it Celine because Celine's already taken. Well. So yeah, so she's been doing Celine Nunu. She has been um, at the Lady Gaga Las Vegas oh, concert. What a dream. Absolutely living dream her best life. For life. But. Um, she has also, in relation to what we were talking about earlier, she removed um, her R. Kelly single um, from streaming services. I'm your angel. Oh. I'm your angel. Which, when I was younger, I used to absolutely love that song. I don't know that one as much. I do know it, like, to, to the name, but I would not yeah, I, know it as much. I know it. I know it. But, yeah, well, good um, on you, Celine. That is the right course of action. Yeah, um, absolutely. So yeah, that's that's all gone, and apparently Lady Gaga is looking to remove "Do What You Want." Yeah. Um. So that'll probably be gone soon. So yeah, it seems like people are finally standing up and being counted in you know real ways now. So that's what Celine Dion Celine Watch is doing. Yeah, and so. Looking ahead to next week, we've decided that going forward, we are going to set ourselves a goal for every week. It can be something really big, it can be something really small, and um, it's going to help us hold ourselves accountable um, to our larger 2019 aspirations. Yes. So what's your goal um, for the coming week? My goal for the coming week is, right, so in in my... um... 
pitch despair that I was in at the weekend, I was like, right, I need to um, do something that I want for myself and like move forward in a way of like trying to set myself up in the 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 right way to becoming person I want to be in 2019 mm. um and one of the things that I have always wanted so um I uh a couple of years ago no yeah nearly two years ago uh went part-time at a new job um in order to have Mondays off in order to write or be creative and do extra things for myself aside from just like day job on a Monday um which I do not work Mondays but I find myself mostly cleaning or being an Aldi but because I'm procrastinating and uh I've decided that one of the things that would help me in being more sort of proactive in that space is to get myself a desk in my in my room. Because mm. um, in, in Flat Where I Live, I share with my little sister and her boyfriend, um, we have like an end room which has desks in, but it's just full of crap and it's not a very good space. And my little sister works from home a lot, so she's usually in there working. So, so I don't it's really like have the space to do the things I want to do. Like Monica's cupboard of shame, but it, a whole room. It's exactly that, <laughs> but the whole flat. Um, <laughs> um, uh, but uh, I, my room, I really enjoy the space. I keep it like exactly how I want it. And I feel like it'd be a really good space to write in. It has nice light. But I don't have anywhere to write in there because it's just drawers or whatever. So I have found on Gumtree a, a nice uh, old wooden like vintage writing desk with a proper drop down bit with little like letter holders and everything needs a bit of work on it a bit of like a sand and a varnish which is a project love a project Mm -hmm. and then I will have my own place to write slash edit the podcast and do research for the podcast in my own room which I think is a it's for me a very big step and also in order to do this I have to go and meet a stranger to buy this um thing off them so you have, to, you have to actually stick your neck out, yeah, go and to drive go out and get into it. the world as an adult and drive and get it and put it in my car. Yeah, put the seats down in the back of the yeah, car. Yeah, put the seats down. I, I can't take anyone with me because no one's free. And so I have to just go on my own, which is like a bit scary, quite scary for me. All my anxieties are flaring. Yeah. But I'm going to do it. And I've already been texting the woman to like make the details and I asked her for the measurements and stuff like that. Um, and I've said I'll buy it and I will go to her on Sunday morning. So I will be there getting that desk, doing a thing. Wow. Yeah. It's a big deal for me. Probably not for most people, but for me, big deal. Yeah, a big deal. And also a good deal. <laughs> a very good deal. 30 quid. You can't say no to 30 no. quid. Um, great. Thanks. Well done you. Yeah. What about you? So, 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 so my goal is next week when we come, I'll be able to tell you about all the amazing, great things I've been doing at my desk. Yes. Yeah. Great. So I'll send you some pics, put it on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Um, well, I am going back home home this weekend to my mum's mm-hmm. because I have been summoned by oh. my nana. Um, oh, well, and you can't say no. No, I can't say no. And to be fair to her, it's been a really long time coming. Basically, I am a hoarder. Not in like a really scary, someone needs to come and do a show about me way, but I have a lot of clothes and a lot of things that I've accumulated um, over the years, especially sort of uni and when I lived in another flat. and yeah. You know, when, when I've gone from sort of life 1.0 to 2.0 to 3.0, you know... I've you gather a lot. I've gathered the, a lot. The detritus of life. But I should have shed a lot. Mm. And, you know, I've kind of hold, held on to a lot of things. So, um, basically, now that I have bought my own place, I no longer have an excuse to keep all of that detritus at my Nana's house. Yeah. Um, because, to be fair to her... It has been taking up space in two of her three bedrooms oh. for the past sort of five years. Yeah. 
So um, it is it is quite rotten of me to have not done anything about it till now. So I'm gonna um, I'm gonna go over there and dedicate the weekend to this mass excavation. Um, so hopefully, proper sort through. Once I do that, and I will be ruthless and also not lazy because I always find I get so overwhelmed by tasks such as this that I do a lot of lying on the bed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> My little sister, she used to have a lot of, she is uh, one hoarder, and she uh, we used to like tell her to go tidy her room, whatever, and you'd go find her, and she would, <laughs> the classic line would be, you'd be like, what are you doing? And she'd go, oh, I just, uh, I found something to read. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be like, stop it, stop yeah. reading. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that Manana would, would um, no, DC's not going to have any of that. Would indulge me having something to read as an no. excuse. But anyway. Give you any lemon slices till you've done it. No, exactly. She will not, but she will have a lot of great snacks. So Well, that's good. And um, I think you'll probably feel really good when, you, when you've done it. Gone through yeah. some bits. So um, there are goals set for the week. Great. And um, I think that brings us to the end of another episode. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Here my we God. Are. So um, we will be loving you, leaving you. And longing for you until next time. And you can um, catch us on Instagram now. We're at Queer Longing. You can also drop us an email if you want to, which we are queerlonging at gmail.com. Yeah. And we are also in the process of making a new Twitter, but that yeah, will be, be live soon. Live soon. Um, but until next time. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye.